Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Welcome to the Jerry Ratcliffe show. I'm Chris Graham joined by Jerry Ratcliffe. uh, And we have, you know, Jerry, it's Tuesday as we're recording this uh, Tuesday, July 12th. I I better put that in there because, you know, depending on when you listen to this, there probably won't be news on the conference realignment front, but just in case there is. But just because there isn't news doesn't mean, Jerry, that there isn't still uh, an amazing number of rumors and innuendo and sources who say things, or at least people who claim that there are sources saying things about what may happen to the ACC, what may happen to UVA, et cetera, et cetera. We've got to address this again, just because of the sheer number of, of stories floating around out there. Yeah, no question about it, Chris. Um, I guess no sooner than we had uh, posted our last podcast, which uh, by the way, thank you to all of the thousands of you that listened to that and, and all the great compliments we received from that. Uh, we thought we offered a, a very comprehensive <clears throat> podcast that, that addressed almost all the issues. Uh, and uh, we, we appreciate it. We've had a lot of big time people who thought ours was the most comprehensive podcast addressing all the issues. And uh, so we appreciate you listening. Um, yeah, no sooner than we had posted that, some more rumors started flying, Chris. And uh, I guess this is an adult podcast, so if I want to say I called bullshit on that uh, immediately when I saw it, uh, because it came from a swimming website who I don't think has ever broken any stories outside of that sport. And all of a sudden, they're claiming that Virginia, North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, maybe missing another school. We're in uh, negotiations with the SEC to join the conference, which uh, if that were true, and I know it's not, but if it, I mean, they might, who knows, they might have made an inquiry uh, just to see what the deal is. I don't even think that happened. Um but if, if it had, uh, don't you think that some of these national outlets that have uh, access that the majority of us don't um, would have followed through with that story? And I haven't heard a peep from any other outlet since that tweet arose. And uh, again, I called bullshit on it. I thought it was, it remind, reminded me a lot about the last time there was a conference realignment and a TV station in DC broke a story that Virginia had uh, agreed to join the big 10 and which I called bullshit on that at the time as well. And I knew it was a lie. And I, I, I had uh, some, you couldn't get any better sources than I had on that. And uh, they said that, not only have we not agreed to join the Big Ten, we haven't even talked to the Big Ten, and we're not planning on talking to the Big Ten. And a radio station in a little town in South Carolina uh, broke a story that Clemson was joining the SEC, and which also turned out to be total bull. And uh, so you got to be careful when these things happen. Uh, 
from what I see, Chris, uh, the SEC isn't interested in expanding anymore for any time soon unless Notre Dame would happen to uh, make an incredible move. And the Big Ten seems to be uh, satisfied at where they are at the moment. And unless Notre Dame jumps, uh, I don't think there's going to be anything else going on with those two conferences. And uh, I think all any action that we see might be something between the ACC and the Pac-12 in trying to come up with a mutual arrangement of some sort to where they can uh, help each other out with scheduling and, and maybe present a more formidable TV package to ESPN or Fox or somebody, uh, maybe some of the new bidders. Uh, Big 12, I guess, is active trying to enhance itself. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think anybody's going anywhere for the time being. And I, I would agree. And I, I would put as my time frame for the time being at least a year, if not 14 years, but at least a year because, you know, the more we are now being able to read about the, the USC-UCLA move, this was something that was in the works for several months. I'm impressed that as many people as had to know about this internally within USC and UCLA, UCLA is a, a part of the University of California system. So there's a, you know, a lot of folks who could have leaked that information or, you know, at least whispered about it. You don't have to leak the information. You could, all, all it takes is someone knowing about it, saying something to somebody else who says something to somebody else who says something to somebody like a Jerry Radcliffe, whoever, whoever, whoever that person is covering UCLA. And then that person, you know, being a reporter, then dives into it and, and, and figures out what's going on. That, that that did not happen over several months is astounding to me. So credit to the Big Ten, to the USC, to UCLA for keeping tight lid on something in, in this day and age when it doesn't take much to get word out. Uh, but that said, yeah, uh, you know, I would like to think, Jerry, so I think I'm talking to the guy that if something were to leak out that way, like, okay, there may be someone who'd want to say, I got to tell somebody what I know, I'll call Jerry, because Jerry, you know, so many people at UVA. And if it wasn't something like that, again, Charlottesville is a small town. It's, it, you know, not a lot of folks, what, 50,000 population. I mean, it doesn't, it, we're not, we're not that far separated from people that it, it wouldn't take someone who works in an office somewhere uh, saying something to somebody who then says something to somebody who then says, hey, Jerry, guess what I heard? And then you'd be on top of that. And you're not hearing that. You're not hearing anything about anything like that. So it could be that it's very tight-lipped, but I think it's more that there just ain't nothing going on. Well, I totally agree. Uh, it's really hard to keep a secret like that, and uh, particularly in, in a smaller community. But uh, I, I think the I, I think what you said about it, it'll be it may be years before the pack, uh, excuse me, the Big Ten or the SEC look to expand again again unless Notre Dame does something uh, which we don't expect because of one reason it's something we addressed last podcast that I think some people overlooked at the time but have, it's come to more to the surface. Uh, in recent days is the grant of rights contract that John Swafford and, and uh, the ADs, uh, everybody signed back after Maryland bolted to the Big Ten for money and Louisville joined the ACC. 
and to protect itself. And I thought it was a brilliant move. They uh, signed that grant of rights television package with the ESPN that goes through 2036. And if you decide to leave the conference, your exit punishment, uh, I, I've heard was north of 100 million. I, I've read as high as 240 million. Uh, and if that's not enough, uh, if you challenge that, then you're going to be tied up in legal battles for the next, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. And I, and I reported something inaccurate the last time. Uh, I had heard that if the ACC tried to expand, that that would open up the grant of rights and for renegotiation, but that's not true. Uh, even if the ACC would add another team or teams, uh, the grant of rights package stays intact and whoever joins would have to agree to that package as well as ESPN. And so there would be no change. So uh, there's no way out of that as far as I can see until 2036. The only outlet that I, I understand where that could change is if eight or more ACC teams decided to bolt and that would blow up the whole deal. But I, I really don't see that happening unless it just looks like uh, panic sets in and the whole uh, national landscape explodes. What I, I, a big part of this too, that limits a lot of movement, even next summer, you know, when I was saying my, my term of uh, anytime soon could be next summer is that, the SEC's already got a deal in place. Uh, they, um, the current contract expires in 2023, and they've signed a new contract uh, with ESPN starting in the 2023-2024 season, uh, sports season, and um, it's already signed. So, uh, you know, adding adding teams for the SEC, adding programs for the SEC at this standpoint, they'd have to reopen that negotiation with ESPN because, you know, unless they want to just give less out in, in TV money to more schools, which would make no sense. Their move was made last year to get that TV deal with a, a bigger TV deal with ESPN. Now the big 10 has not re-upped yet with, with Fox. And theoretically it seems like they're going to, it's almost certain that they're going to re-up with Fox, but their deal expires at the end of this, this coming uh, sports year as well. And so, um, Unless something happened really soon, um, once they sign a deal, whatever the term of that deal is, just like the SEC, you're not going to want you're not going to see movement from either of those conferences until that deal will be ready to expire. And we're talking a few years out in the future. They didn't sign. You know, the ACC signed a 20 year deal in 2016. Um, these deals are in the five to six year range. The last couple of deals that both the SEC and Big Ten signed were six year deals. So, um yeah, that's that's a reality as well, that if nothing happens soon, once these TV deals are in place for both the Big Ten and SEC, there's no there's really no incentive for them to do anything for for several years into the future. Yeah, and I think Notre Dame's uh, coming up on a new TV contract. I think their deal with NBC expires within the next couple of years, I believe, if not sooner. Um so that's going to be interesting to see how NBC reacts to that. Uh, if Apple or any of the other networks try to get involved, 
Um, it actually goes to 2025. The Notre Dame NBC deal is 2020, okay. 2025 season. So that's uh, well, that's including this season, four more seasons. So no incentive for Notre Dame to do anything for any time soon. Yeah, and and their AD uh, essentially said the other day that he doesn't see Notre Dame making any kind of move anytime soon. And, and uh, I think he said, and I know some pe- people in the ACC have said that, I think even Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, said that Notre Dame, part of their contract with the ACC is if they do decide to join a conference in football, that they're legally bound to join the ACC. So uh, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen, but uh, I, I don't think anything's going to happen anytime soon, again, unless the uh, ACC and Pac-10 try to come up with some kind of a partnership but not uh, expansion. I, I guess they could. I guess they could make an expansion deal or become a Atlantic Coast Pacific Coast conference of some sort, <laughs> which would be pretty expensive uh, in the long run. But and I guess the Big Twelve again is also looking to maybe try to add some Pac-12 teams. But you know, um, if you're Notre Dame. Right now, why, you know, why would you want to join another conference at this point if you can enjoy your independence and still be have a route to the playoffs? Yeah, and um, make plenty of money, which they're doing. And then, you know, people mention Clemson, Florida State, Miami going to the SEC. If you're Clemson, assuming that they can regain the status that they had for the last several years, and uh, there's no reason to think that they won't, even though they were at an off year last season. If you're Clemson, why would you want to join the SEC? You're the big fish in the pond right now. If you jump over into the SEC, aren't you just another fish in, the, in a bigger pond, uh, a stronger pond overall? And doesn't that take away a little bit of your identity? Well, if you're Clemson uh, and you're the normal Clemson, you know last year nine and three is is an off year for them. But if you're if you're uh, Dabo Swinney's normal group, yeah, uh, you get to feast upon uh, a, a second tier conference now. But still, you're, if you go twelve and zero and then win your conference championship game, you're in the playoff, and you make playoff money as a result of that. Um, I would maybe a maybe a thing we could do here, Jerry, is we we've done our best to debunk all these silly the silly talk uh by people who are trying to make some news and really don't have any sources to to help them do that because there's nothing going on i think you know we're getting ready to go next week to the acc football kickoff media days in charlotte and boy presuming the questions that jim phelps gonna have to field i don't know if he'll answer them to too much depth he might he may give us long-winded answers but we might look at our notes afterwards and realize he didn't tell us anything but there's a lot of questions for the ACC. You talked about the ACC Impact 10. We'll call them that again because that's what they are uh, effectively. Uh, Maybe may having a partnership of some kind. We've seen talk about perhaps a, an ACC Pac-10 championship game that could be played in Las Vegas as a possibility. Um, you know, we've heard talk about uh, the ACC perhaps revisiting what it does in terms of dividing out that TV money. Right now, it pretty much goes equally to all the league members. Uh, maybe uh, having a system in place that rewards those who have success on the field or on the basketball court, other arenas as well, um, so that 
if you invest and if you win, then you, you know, take home more of the pie. And if you don't, you don't get to take home more of the pie, basically de-incentivizing just being a part of the league and trying to incentivize wins. Um, and just in general, what the ACC can do to figure out a way to get more money uh, uh, coming in from the TV deal. Because I think the, the writing's on the wall. The, the grant of media rights uh, is pretty clear. It's not going to go away. Uh, the, the, the Notre Dame contractual obligations to the ACC is not going to have let Notre Dame get away. So um, for all the people out there who are throwing out the idea that this school might go this way or these schools might go that way, reality is the ACC is what it is. It's going to be that for a long time. And the smart people in the ACC need to put their minds to figuring out a way to be more competitive with the SEC and Big Ten. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize Surrounded by flat screen televisions, tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Yeah, and uh, I think... I think a lot of these schools are trying to do just that. I mean, we know all about the arms race in terms of facilities. Um, there's been numerous coaching changes the last few years and try, people trying to upgrade their football programs. I mean, a lot of people believe that Miami has finally hired the right guy. Uh, Miami is having a really, really good recruiting year right now in football. So is Florida State. So is Clemson. Uh, those are probably the top three in the league right now in terms of recruiting for the 2023 class. Uh, Virginia is making some inroads in the state. Uh, I, I don't know where they rank on the national board right now. I haven't looked at all that very closely, but uh, I think there's an effort being made there by ACC football to try to improve and enhance its national image. Um, it needs more than one team to be on the national landscape. Last year was kind of an embarrassment for the conference when so many teams were ranked in the preseason and then they all faltered pretty much, uh, even Clemson for that matter. Uh, first time in a long time that had happened. So. I expect Clemson will be back up there. Uh, Miami will probably be ranked in the top 25 preseason. It's hard to tell about the others at this point. Uh, I was a little surprised that Virginia in the, in the football magazine I write for Lindy's um, had Virginia predicted uh, second in the Coastal Division, the last year of the Coastal behind Miami which means I think that they, at least some of the national writers who make some of those selections may have lost some faith in Mac Brown down in North Carolina. Um, 
So it, it'll be interesting, but I think the ACC is trying to do what you suggested in trying to raise its profile. It, it, it's not an overnight process, obviously, but uh, I think they may make some a few strides this year and, and toward that uh, goal. Yeah, we, we need to have a player in the this year, just short term, need to have a player uh, in the national championship picture. Last year was the first time in a long time that the ACC didn't. Um, you know, it was 2020 COVID year. We had two in the playoff, two out of the four members of the playoff because Notre Dame was a ACC member just for that one season because of COVID. Uh, but then, yeah, not to have anybody in the discussion. And when, when Clemson lost early, a couple games early, they were out. Uh, Notre Dame, or not, uh, excuse me, Wake Forest uh, had an undefeated record until late in the season. But, you know, they were on the fringe of the discussion, but never were really a serious player. And that definitely hurt the ACC's profile last year. Um, you know, I looked at the recruiting rankings, Jerry, as you were talking, you know, it, you wouldn't even know that there's a big discrepancy in revenues. Uh, it, right now, it's it's more a $25 million a year or so discrepancy between the SEC and Big Ten and then the ACC in terms of payout per school from TV. You wouldn't know that necessarily. Notre, uh, Ohio State's first, Notre Dame's second, Clemson third in the recruiting rankings for the class of 2023. Uh, Miami's 10th, Louisville 14th. That's a surprise. Uh, and then North Carolina 23rd and Duke 25th. I don't know how that's the case, but that it's early. We, you know, it's still a lot of recruits to come in, but that's six ACC schools in the top 25 um, and a couple of surprises, Duke and Louisville. And so, you know, certainly from the recruiting standpoint, uh, you know, you get good recruits. Uh, uh, that tends to lead to wins down the road for your program. Uh, that That's a good sign, but, um, you know, from the business side of things, the, the, the on the field stuff has to take care of itself. Um, Miami, I think, does have uh, finally in Mario Cristobal a coach that seems like he's going to be the guy that may get things turned around. They've been recruiting well for a long time there. They just haven't put it on put it together well on the field. Florida State is, you know, Florida State is is where it is. There, <laughs> they've they've been declining for several years now. Virginia Tech had a nice run as a as a um, player on the national scene, but that's probably a decade ago now. Um, we, it, it would be great for the ACC if you could have not just one or two, but maybe a few members step up uh, and, uh, you know, make it interesting at least uh, in the ACC race, give Clemson some games and, and maybe even emerge themselves as a, another power for a playoff. You know, one thought I had, Jerry, to ask you about, and I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here, but, you know, the ACC last year, it was at ACC kickoff time last year, there was the, 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 the alliance that turned out not to be much of an alliance because one of the members of the alliance raided another for two members. But the ACC Pac-12 at the time and Big Ten uh, shook hands on a deal to try to combat the, uh, the rise of the SEC. And part of that deal was that the ACC helped block uh, the move that was in place to get the college football playoff to expand to 12 teams. Um. I now I'm seeing a lot of folks out there suggesting maybe maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe we can revisit that. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, the AC, maybe the ACC can now you know kind of take its objection away there, and an expanded playoff would mean more opportunities for ACC schools to be a part of the playoff, and that's a lot more money for the conference. Yeah, and there's even been some uh, whispers that the well, not even whispers that the SEC is considering having its own national playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, someone suggested maybe the SEC and Big Ten could have a, their own playoffs uh, within one another. But, um, yeah, I, I understand why they did it at the time. Uh, 
I remember standing in the lobby at the uh, hotel in Charlotte and the new, uh, I guess, chief uh, financial officer of the ACC who had followed Jim Phillips from the Big Ten to the ACC. I didn't know him at the time, but uh, Harris Prevost, the uh, the uh, general manager at Grandfather Mountain Golf Resort, a big ally of the ACC, knew him and uh, was talking to him in the lobby, and I happened to walk up, and, and he that fellow, whose name escapes me at the moment, had just gotten uh, to Charlotte and said, uh, I just heard on the my car on the way over here that the uh, that Oklahoma and Texas are jumping to the SEC, which sent a shockwave through the entire rest of the ACC meetings that day. Uh, and as you said, uh, not long after that, it was a knee-jerk reaction between the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC to form an alliance to try to, I guess, if nothing else, combat the power of the SEC who was trying to become the force in college football. And they, the alliance, part of the alliance was to block expansion of the playoffs. I, I think, uh, I understand why they did it, but I'm not sure it was a very good decision. Um, as it stands, uh, like you said, unless you have Notre Dame in a, 15-team uh, league like we did during the COVID year, there's probably only one ACC team that's going to make it to the playoffs, and that's assuming that Clemson continues on its previous path. Um, and maybe looking back on it, maybe that's why the ACC decided to go away from coastal play after this season's hoping to lure Notre Dame back in uh, for, for an easier path to the playoffs. But um, should they come into the ACC? But uh, otherwise, you know, you, they, the ACC has kind of shot itself in the foot because uh, under the present situation, uh, you know, again, assuming Clemson rises to the top again, there's more than likely only one ACC team. That's, I mean, more than likely only one ACC team is going to qualify for the playoffs. And that's the champion who we assume will be Clemson, unless Miami can uh, upset the apple cart, so to speak. So, yeah, uh, an 18 or 12-team or 16-team playoff would have weighed uh, heavily in the ACC favor to get at least two teams in the playoffs. So, um, you know, again, I understand why they did it at the time, but – looking back on it, it may have been a, an error that uh, will prevent them from putting more than one team in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I understand why they, why they did it at the time, and I thought it was out of spite more than anything else. Yeah, Just, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's part of it. And it's, it was funny that the allies were so the, – the, it's kind of like politics. They say politics has strange bedfellows. The, on the one side were the SEC and Notre Dame – and on the other side were the the uh, Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC. So we were we were you know sort of aligned on the other side of one of our members in conference standing in every other sport in Notre Dame. Um, 
So that's one way to make more money is if you can get a couple more teams into a playoff. Um, that's that's just you know more more opportunities to make the big money. The playoffs going to be uh, expanded playoff particularly is going to be a lot of money for for uh, college football in general, and then specifically for the conferences and teams that get involved. Um, other ways to make more money. Uh, one you mentioned earlier, Jerry, uh, how a, a potential expansion could impact um, the grain of media rights, which it wouldn't affect it in a negative way at all. What are your What is your intuition here? We've you've been through pretty much every expansion of the of the ACC, uh, dating back to your early years in your career. Uh, do you, would you sense that the ACC could be moving in that direction uh, as in a response to what we've seen recently? I mean, I, I don't. I just don't know who they would add at this point. I really don't. Um, in in previous years, we we had uh, some clues for the most part that the ACC was looking around. I, I know. Uh, Gene Corrigan, when he was the commissioner, God rest his soul, uh, he uh, he was really disappointed when the Big Ten jumped out of nowhere and added Penn State, who was an independent at the time. And uh, Gene told me several times, he said, man, if I'd had any interest or any inkling that Penn State wanted to joining a conference, he said, we would have been all over them because they would have been a perfect fit for the ACC. He says, I will never be calling my pants down again. And every year, at least once a year, I know that they had uh, regular meetings, uh, sometimes just the ACC staff in Greensboro, uh, looking at potential teams that could fit in the footprint of the ACC. Who made sense? They kept all kinds of uh, profiles on various schools about population, size of school, academics, TV market, uh, tons of, uh, of facts like that, just to keep an eye on someone that might fit. And uh, when they decided to go after Florida State, uh, I remember, I think we were at the ACC, on the ACC, uh, I think we had the kickoff that year uh, in Tampa, I think it was Tampa, Florida. And Gene had invited the AD from Florida State and the AD from Syracuse to address us. I don't. I can't remember if it was the ACC kickoff or if it was the ACC football tour started there. I believe it was the kickoff. But anyway, there's a large media horde there, and we were all saying, "Why are we talking to the ADs from Florida State and Syracuse?" And we put it together. Oh, okay. And so uh, it turned out that Florida State did join soon thereafter, and. Uh, Corgan wanted the ACC to join, and Syracuse, excuse me, wanted Syracuse to join the ACC as well. Syracuse wanted to join in basketball, um, excuse me, in football only, but not basketball. Syracuse basketball in the Big East. So that deal fell apart until the Big East started to fall apart. And uh, we started to smell out uh, some of the other uh, – 
expansions from that point on. There were little hints here and there. And uh, I remember Rob Daniels and I uh, at the ACC uh, Grandfather Mountain outing where uh, some of the coaches and, and media would go and play golf and tennis and relax and get to know each other on a more personal basis uh, for years. But uh, we came out of that with a strong suspicion that Notre Dame was going to be uh, part of the ACC in some fashion. And Rob and I wrote some things about it. And uh, I think David Teal uh, joined in that uh, investigation, so to speak. And eventually we, we ended up with Notre Dame. But uh, so, I, I, you know, right now I, I, I don't, I don't see who uh, outside of Notre Dame. I don't see who the ACC would be interested in as a full-time partner. I just, I just don't see it. Uh, I know West Virginia's been mentioned, but for uh, for various reasons, I know at least under the Corrigan Swafford heiress uh, of commissioner that they weren't interested in West Virginia. They didn't feel like they brought enough to the table in their opinions. Um, they weren't too hot about UConn because UConn was the team that sued the devil out of them and tried to embarrass them after the first wave of Big, uh, big East expansion uh, to the ACC back in the whenever that was. Um, so, I, you know, I, who else is out there? Um, I don't, there doesn't seem to be anybody on the East Coast. Um, some people have mentioned Cincinnati, but I, I'm not sure they're a fit. Um, so, you know, you try to make a deal with some Big 12 teams or some Pac-12 teams, or do you just try to come up with, quote, an alliance <laughs> to where they could partner up and try to help each other out in terms of scheduling or are making their TV package a little more intriguing to some of the networks. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. Purely from a TV market perspective, Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a decent, it's a top 25 TV market. It would give the it would give ESPN and the ACC network the opportunity to charge in market rates for subscribers there instead of out of market rates it's in, in that part of Ohio at least, if not the entire state of Ohio, but at least at least the southeast part of Ohio. Um, so you could grow your revenues a bit there. That might actually help the. But I don't know if it would grow them enough to you know. Um, and Cincinnati has built its it certainly has built its football program in recent years. Uh, basketballs traditionally been at least recently traditionally has been pretty strong, but that's a, I'm, I'm reaching there a bit. You know, I, I've written about West Virginia from, a, there's a few 
pluses and lots of minuses for West Virginia. The pluses, it's Morgantown, West Virginia is actually in the Pittsburgh TV market. Um, so that's not, it's not in a small market, but we're already in the Pittsburgh TV market with Pitt. And uh, West Virginia as a university uh, is, does not fit the academic profile that the rest of the ACC minus Louisville. fit. <laughs> Everybody else in the ACC is a top 80 school. Uh, Louisville is not, and West Virginia is decidedly not. So that would be a, a big drawback. I've heard some people mention Central Florida um, and in Houston, who you know agreed after last year's defections of Texas and Oklahoma from the Big 12, decided to join the Big 12. Um, but I'm not sure. You know, I haven't done a lot of investigation. I mean, obviously, both are in big TV markets. Houston's a top 10 TV market, I think, number eight, and Orlando's a big TV market as well. We're already in Florida, uh, so this is a different TV market within Florida, but we're still, we have two footholds in Florida. Um, of those two, I would say maybe Houston, just because we're not in Texas, and that would be, and that's a bigger market, um, but I don't know about the academic fit or anything else, but so after that thought exercise, the only two I can think of uh, would be Houston and Cincinnati, and neither one's a slam dunk case. Yeah, I agree, and uh... I think it would be a stretch to try to say you're going to try to get Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they, they fit all those models and might be a, a lure to get Notre Dame to, to, uh, to be the 16th team. Uh, or you know, a West, Stanford. Yeah. Gosh, they meet everything. They play all the sports. They're a big TV market. They spend money but they're on the West coast <laughs> on the West coast. And there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't see anybody. Uh, there were some obvious uh, people in previous expansions, but uh, that no longer exists as far as I can tell. But I think another aspect that I think maybe the networks have overlooked in this greedy grab for, super conferences is how is this going to impact the fans? Yeah. College football fans. Uh, I've seen on Twitter and heard on email and other talk radio shows and various outlets. A lot of fans are getting turned off by this uh, greediness and these the thoughts of super conferences that, hey, I'll still root for my team, but you know, as far as watching college football or college basketball, I, you know, I'm losing interest because the, the NIL has turned me off the way it's being abused by some schools. Uh, I don't like the transfer portal because from year to year, I may not be able to keep my favorite player. We may be getting new guys that, you know, I might like it, I might not like. Uh, and then the fact that my team is going to be one of 20 or 25 or 30 teams in a conference. Uh, I'm just not into that. So, you know, I think a lot of this greed is starting to turn some of the college football fans off the kind of the way the NFL's greed did for a while there and turned off a lot of their own fans and some of the things that they did. Um, What's your thoughts on that? I, I just, I, th I think a lot of people are really becoming disinterested. I, I've, I think we kind of see that a little bit. Uh, TV ratings are flat, if not down for most 
you know, you know, except for the big games, um, you know, your average Saturday game or average Thursday night or Friday night game or whatever, um, you know, there's, there's less viewers per, per game. And um, we're seeing that in college basketball as well. Uh, you know, the Duke Carolina game uh, in the final four this year drew less people than the Virginia Texas tech game three years ago did, uh, you know, the numbers are trending down just in general. Um, and I start thinking, you know, I was a guest on a radio show earlier today and, and this question came up and, you know, if, if you're talking about the marquee matchups, if you're the big 10 and you get to say, hey, gosh, USC, Penn state, USC, Ohio state, USC, Wisconsin, those are great matchups. UCLA, Maryland, UCLA, Rutgers, not so much. <laughs> and you get both. You don't just get the great matchups. You get, you get those other ones as well. If you're a Maryland fan, I don't know that Maryland fans have the bulk of Maryland fans have still gotten over that they don't get to play Duke in basketball twice a year. They don't get to play Carolina, Virginia in basketball twice a year. You know, they're playing Wisconsin or Minnesota on a weeknight. Um, you know, you don't have the deep seated rivalries that you used to have, you know, you're trying to learn. I'm sure if you're a young fan, you might be, Oh, this is what I got. So I got to go with it. But if you're, you know, an, a longtime fan and, and all of a sudden there's no Virginia versus North Carolina in, a, in, a, in the fall, the South's oldest rivalry goes away. I mean, you know, and, and you replace that with, you know, Virginia's playing Vanderbilt or Virginia's playing Wisconsin, if whatever conference they may go to, if that's the case, I don't know. You know, I, I to me, uh, you know, the, the idea that the ACC could split up and we wouldn't ever get Duke Carolina again in basketball. Um, and even if we did, we would get one game a year, uh, probably at some, you know, either they play alternate between sites each year or they'd play at some non-campus venue. Uh, you know, no, it's not the same. It's not the same. And you know, imagine if you it, – it, it's the same to me as if you're talking about, let's put the Red Sox and Yankees in different leagues, you know, and yeah. never have them – and they only get to play maybe if they make the World Series. I mean, no, that's just not – that doesn't make any sense, and that's that's what we're threatening to do here. And for, for – you know, if you're a UVA sports fan, um, there are certain things that approach, that approach Boston, Red Sox, New York Yankees, you know, being able to play Virginia Tech, being able to play Carolina, being able to play Duke. Um, you know, maybe we don't care as much if we lose Virginia, Louisville or Virginia, Boston college, but there are a few matchups that we would absolutely hate to lose as, as a fan base. And, you know, you multiply that out to all the fan bases that are out there and, you know, you'll, you might watch your favorite team just to see how they're doing, but will you be as emotionally invested in it? Probably not. I mean, I already know as myself, when I started thinking a couple of weeks ago, worst case scenario, I've got to learn a whole new league. I don't know, Jerry, we know an awful lot about Virginia's rivals in the ACC and we can, you know, tick down things from memory about games, how many every years ago, but the first time Virginia plays Michigan state in a conference game, you know, we might remember they played the NCAA tournament a few years ago, but other than that, there's, there's no history there or there's no history of Virginia versus Iowa or, you know, or not, certainly not the level of history there is with the ACC. And it's, you know, do we, do I want to have to learn all that again? I don't know. I'm, I've known this since I was a kid. This is all I know. You're asking fans to have to learn a whole new language almost. And that's, that's why I'm sure a lot of folks are peeling away. Yeah. All, all I can say is sail with the pilot. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's ingrained in everybody that's grown up in the old ACC. Yeah. It's ingrained in our brains forever. And, uh, 
those food line commercials with Tom Smith, uh, who looked like Terry Holland, the yeah. natural light commercials. Uh, yeah. You, you know, the being able to just watch a couple of games uh, a week and being happy with that. Yeah. We, we all, we, we've lived this for 40 or 50 years and then we're going to change it. Some yeah. will go along and a lot won't. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, uh, as a fan, I would, I would have no interest in Virginia, Minnesota, in any sport, or Nebraska, or Northwestern, or Rutgers, or any of those, you know, Michigan maybe a little, because they're pretty good most of the time, Ohio State, but, you know, Penn State, there's a little history there in football, but, uh, you know, for the most part, I, I just wouldn't have any interest, and, uh, I mean, at least if they were in the SEC, you can relate a little bit better to some of the Southern teams, I think, because there is some old history there from when Virginia was in the same league back in the thirties and forties in in that mega conference. But uh, gosh, I I just, I just think they're, it seems like they're going out of their way to ruin college sports as we know it. And to an old gray beard like me it's kind of disgusting and, and sickening to the stomach what they're trying to do to our game and and also just completely uh out of well you know it it, it, it puts the lie to we talked about this recently jerry the how the ncaa loves to at their basketball tournament press conferences refer to the student athletes instead of whatever they should be referring them to as um you know right. We, we're, we're going to make these athletes spend much more time on planes or buses or whatever the case may be um, to, to travel to their, their games because of the, the far-flung nature of these new conferences that are developing. And yet we're, we're not paying them. Uh, we're letting them get money through NIL, but you know the bulk of the – especially the, the non-revenue sports athletes will not have access to that money or much, much money anyway. So it makes their, their days harder, uh, their lives harder in terms of being student athletes, not just athletes, but student athletes. Um, and God, Jerry, I hate to bring this up, but I mean, we've seen, we've seen reports. I mean, here locally, a, a JMU, a, a star JMU softball player died by suicide a few weeks, a, a couple months ago. Um, you know, and, and the pressures on student athletes are so hard. Uh, you and I have done podcasts with, with mental health advocates talking yeah. in the sports vein and, and talking about the, the intense pressures that are on student athletes already. So let's just, let's just now make them play across the country still have to stay on course towards graduation in four years. If they don't, then they, they can't play. Um, if they have to so even more challenging to, to balance their books and their training and their game time and everything else, let's just make it even more challenging in this environment for these kids to achieve and still not give them any access to money. Um, that's that, that goes against everything that a lot of us believe in, in terms of how, how these, how college athletics should be treated. Yeah. I was, I was trying to find a, a tweet that somebody had on Twitter the other day and I, I thought I retweeted it. Maybe I didn't, but it was the average daily schedule of a student athlete. And, uh, man, it was, uh, it was brutal. Uh, I, I wish everybody could see it. I, I wish I could find it. If I can't, I'll, I'll try to find it uh, yeah, sometime later today and retweet it. But it's uh, it, it was just unbelievable. Um, 
how early these athletes rise uh, and their day starts. And we're combining academics and the athletic practice schedules. It's not even travel for games and what that adds to the complications of it all. But um, I mean, it was like from early morning till lights out, Chris. And I mean, it, part of it was studying, part of it was going to class, part of it was meals, part of it was uh, call sessions, so to speak, uh, weight training, practice. Uh, it was just a staggering schedule that I don't think your average human being could hold up under those pressures, particularly on a daily basis. And I can see why there's a lot of mental anguish, mental stress, just because of the commitment and pressure these kids put in on a daily basis. And it's, it's, uh, it's mind blowing. And I I think UVA, uh, I think, Carla Williams may have mentioned it recently that they have uh, at least two full-time sports psychologists, if you will. Uh, Full-time there at UVA, and I know they've had one for years, Uh, and that they stay busy all the time because of all the pressures these kids are under and all the challenges that they face. So... Uh, that's another aspect that I, I don't think the NCAA and the TV networks seem to give a rip about that. Right. That, they don't care. It's about money. I, I, the NCAA bylaw says a student athlete's participation in countable athletically related activities shall be limited to 20 hours per week or a maximum of four hours per day. So that doesn't include training. That's an important thing to note. And that doesn't include travel. And so if you're on a plane for six hours to play uh, a weekend softball series, if you're Rutgers and you're playing UCLA or vice versa, a six-hour flight and a six-hour flight back does not count towards your 20 hours a week. That's just 12 hours of your time. Um, and, 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 and that's if the flights go well. That's if they go well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or even um, go at all. <laughs> and, you know, you, you could easily say, well, just, just study while you're on the plane. But, uh, you know, you've just either you're going to play a game and you're probably wanting to – at least use some of that time to, you know, your, your coaching staff might want to use some of that time for scouting reports, getting ready for whatever the matchup is the way back. There may be some, uh, well, you're tired. You just played a game. And, uh, and so, you know, no, that 12 hours isn't even your, it's not your 12 hours that whatever amount of time you're on a bus or, or, a, or a plane, it's, it's not your time. You can make, you can make some of it your time, but that's just 12 more hours out of those kids schedules that make it even harder for them to stay on track towards graduation and, you know, the commercial that they run during the NCAA tournament is so accurate. 99% of these athletes will go pro in something other than sports. Even, even the, the, the athletes in, in football and men's basketball who have the easiest avenues towards a professional sports career, the bulk of them won't play pro sports. Um, so certainly the non-revenue sports athletes know that already, but we're demanding that they're going to fly across the country and play games. Um, if, we, if we continue this, this um uh, this move towards these big super conferences. And, you know, that's, that's, I hope that the ACC keeps that in their purview. We we've already gotten kind of, you know, probably bigger than we needed to get going to Miami, going to Boston. Uh, but, you know, anything bigger, any, adding, adding someone in the Midwest, adding someone uh, on the West coast or having the member schools join a conference that does the same thing. 
it, it, we've been pretending for decades that that th- these are amateur sports, but that just knocks another notch on the, the against the pretense that that these are anything other than professional sports where the athletes aren't getting paid. Exactly, and uh, you know when I started out, you could drive everywhere in the ACC to cover games, <laughs> or even the fans wanted to take a bus and, and go. Uh, not the case anymore. So. Uh, it's a, it's a very different world out there. It really is. It really is. Um, so we've we've gone through. So at this stage, we're, there, there's my dog just agreed with everything you and I just said. Well, and and that's a that's a ring endorsement. I mean, that was a, a very throaty endorsement too. No doubt about that. We we've you know the the there's no news. That's the important thing to note. There's there's no news for as far as the ACC goes. What we can easily say is that nothing's going to happen anytime soon. Anytime soon can be a long time. It could be years. Um, anything you hear or or um, uh, think you hear or see on Twitter or anything else, that doesn't mean Jerry that you and I aren't going to get texts from people saying, "Hey Jerry, hey Chris, I just saw this news," uh, and, and then we'll spend time debunking it. Um, cause we will, cause that's what our job is, but we're not hearing anything from anybody that we know. And, um, we probably would, I, I would think that we probably would. Yeah. As many connections as you and I have, uh, pretty much certain of that. So, um, anyway, hopefully we can put that to rest for a while. Hopefully so. Cause you know, next week we can talk about actual football, which yeah. will be fun. We have the ACC kickoff. We'll have access to, well, you know, not that we won't be talking to, for example, Jim Phillips about these topics, maybe Carla Williams as well. We'll probably ask Tony Elliott about it, maybe even the players. But that said, we can actually also talk about X's and O's football. Can UVA figure out how to block for Brennan Armstrong? Can can uh, the defense figure out how to tackle running backs? Uh, those important questions and more. Because next week is the ACC football kickoff, and Jerry and I will – be down there. Scott German, uh, our colleague, will be joining us, and we'll divide ourselves up and talk to everybody we possibly can uh, to get ready for actual, actual football. I cannot wait until we can talk about something other than this stuff. Yeah, I'm anxious to see uh, where the media votes Virginia in the preseason. Yes. Uh, conference poll, too, Coastal it, Division. To see if they agree with the Lindy's people, whether – I have a feeling they won't, uh, but uh, – We'll see. We'll see. And then also where Brendan Armstrong, uh, you know, I've seen some preseason uh, uh, prognostications that have him as low as third team all ACC, which is hard to figure out. I know there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the ACC, but, you know, where guys like him and Dontavion Wicks and uh, others uh, will, will go in the uh, individual balloting. Uh, it'll be great to hear again uh, from Tony Elliott. Just, uh, you know, we, we, of course, back in December when he was hired, uh, got to help roll that out and then spring practice. And so this will be the first chance to talk with Tony in quite a while. And, and, uh, and then in uh, the, the following week, July 28th, uh, UV football will have its own media luncheon and we'll have access to players, coaches, assistant coaches. And so that'll be a lot of fun too. Hey, so, so Jerry, we, the, the good news is there's actually sports coming up. We can talk about. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of football coming our way. Um, We'll be overloaded with it uh, within days. So, <laughs> <laughs> good news to have. Be nice to have for a change. Well, for Jay Ratcliffe, I'm Chris Graham. Let's sign off. Everyone, have a great day. <laughs>